you listen to what he has to say, he's going to be saying something that's interesting. And then that audience will just follow you from place to place. And even if Facebook died five years from now, you are still going to have that audience with you no matter what. And that's really what you're building. Another episode. I I not sure if I if I added the interview that I had with uh, Chris Ross, CEO of Eight Digit Media, uh, to my podcast. If I didn't, I'm gonna upload that podcast as an episode too because it was good. We went over some uh, his background, some strategies on marketing. Um, but we got a special episode today where we're both going to um, go through some common questions we get on marketing because. For me, even though I run a wealth management company, because of all the media and content I put out, a, a lot, the second most question I get asked is, hey, Philip, can you help me with some ideas on marketing my business? And I refer a lot of those people to, um, to Chris, but I'll kind of help them create a content strategy. Um, and Chris will help them, help them implement it, converting. He's an expert on that. But Chris, go ahead, before we get into the questions, give them a little background on 8-Digit Media, what you do, uh, your expertise, because uh, like I said on the post before, you're one of the sharpest marketing minds I think we have in DFW. <laughs> yeah, so uh, first, thanks for having me on the podcast here today. And um, so I'm the CEO of 8Digit Media. So we're a conversion-focused uh, digital marketing agency. And our goal essentially is to help businesses turn strangers into customers. So take a business from uh, not knowing someone and then turning that person into a paying customer. And for the most part, we use uh, a lot of social media because it's the big thing right now and it's gonna continue to be the big thing in the future. And so if you think about Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, you know, Snapchat, Pinterest, all of these social platforms uh, likely have a business's ideal client uh, living on that platform. So it just really just becomes uh, finding out uh, who that ideal client is, uh, getting that business message out in front of those individuals so that they can know who they are and then uh, empty their pockets to them. Got it. Yeah. And, and, and one other thing to kind of plug Chris here from a, you know, from an investment standpoint, a lot of people um, are, you know, investing their money in marketing media that works, right? Cause, you know, cold calling works, door knocking works advertising and classifies works, billboards still work. But from an investment standpoint, just like uh, if you're investing in, and I'll use a very specific example, right? If you were invested in um, United States S&P 500 stocks in the year 2000, and you looked at the valuation of those stocks, right? They were, they were expensive, right? So if somebody said, Philip, you know, am I going to, um, is, is investing in S&P 500 stocks not going to make me money over the next 20 years? I mean, sure, because it's well diversified. Unless America's going away, it was going to make you money. The problem was it was not the best investment option 
uh, for that period of time because of valuations, meaning if you look at the history, S&P 500 basically made no money for 10 years because they were, they were too expensive. But if you bought emerging markets, which were cheap, or you bought small cap value stocks in the US, right, you earned a phenomenal return over the next 20, 10 years. And your return you know, from 2000 to now um, would have been a whole lot better if you pay attention to valuation, right? And that's kind of how I see marketing with social media. If, if you're looking at where do I get the best rate of return? Well, dollar for dollar, in my opinion, I've spent money and you see it because you spend, you know, clients money, you know, and your money on it. Um, that's where the big opportunity is right now. And I'm, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the example you gave was perfect. So if you think, you know, had you knew about Google before Google was Google and you were, and you know, an angel investor, you, know, you just, maybe if you just gave Sergey Brin a thousand books, right? <laughs> And he was like, hey, I'm going to take your thousand in, you know, 10 years later or something, you're going to cash that out. It's the same way with social right now. So if you look at the cost to get in front of an audience, uh, which is really what you're doing with advertising, you're trying to get your message in front of the right people. So whether you're out doing it face-to-face -face or you're handing out business cards or whatever the case may be, the cost to get in front of an audience right now is so cheap. It's like you cannot afford to do it. Like, even if you just spent a dollar a day, you would still at the end of the year have a much bigger audience by spending a dollar a day versus not doing anything at all. Because at the end of the year, you may end up with, we'll just say a thousand people that follow you consistently. And those thousand people were likely going to buy a lot of stuff from you versus if you were to take that money and you spent it somewhere else and you weren't able to get in front of enough people to build up that core audience of a thousand people. So it's just, it's so cheap. You, you don't not want to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And so here, here's how we'll, here's how we'll frame it. Cause I think, I think it's important to frame it correctly y'all before we kind of go into this uh, Q and a um, with Chris. Um, and, and here's how I'm asked, a lot, a lot of questions and why I got really involved in it, right? So I looked and I was like, you know, I study businesses. It's, it's what I do. I'm an investor. Uh -huh. And I was like, hey, you had uh, Amazon first, their first victim was Borders Bookstore, right? And, and they, they beat Borders Bookstore because if you look early on in, in, in the early 2000s, the largest spender on Google, when, when, you know, when Google ads were like Facebook ads was Amazon. Like they spent the more, more money than anybody out there built the online presence, Borders ignored it, right? And killed Borders and, 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 and hurt Barnes & Noble's a lot. Barnes & Noble's probably dying more of a slow death, right? Um, but they're eventually gonna be out, right? Netflix took out Blockbuster um, using the internet. Um, taxis got destroyed by Uber, right? Sears, I don't mean Sears just got, Sears got destroyed by Amazon too, <laughs> argue, you know, arguably Amazon destroyed JCPenney, um, Toys R Us, right? You know what, like, People don't realize, like me, and I'm, since I studied business, I guess I know a lot that most people don't. Toys R Us, early on, did a deal to sell some of their stuff on um, Amazon before Amazon got into the toy business. And so they set them up to get done. The story of Hollywood is, is, is interesting because Hollywood um, got destroyed by the internet, you know, via, via Netflix, because they were um, not respecting people's uh, desire to watch content like online, right? 
another example, Malls Over America. And then recently, like this is not a political statement, um, but a lot of people are putting an emphasis on the Russia investigation for Trump beating uh, Hillary out. And whether that's right or wrong, I don't think that's why, uh, well, I mean, whether he did it or not, this is the issue. I don't think that's why she lost, right? As you know, the Trump campaign had a social media strategy first, right? Most people approach social media as the ancillary uh, thing they have to do. You know, Trump went in on, this is the strategy, right? He didn't have nearly as much money, nearly the volunteers that Hillary did, but he and his team did social media first with precision and in stealth mode, just took over the Republican party and then dominated the election, right? And I think it's still one of the misunderstood things about Trump. I still think um, he's gonna be hard to beat in 2020 from a, from a marketer standpoint, not a voting, just marketing because he gets media and people are still not respecting the importance of social media, right? And so um, that's why I really wanted to do this episode and kind of back into some of the, how to do it, some of the basics to get people started. Um, uh, because the, there are some people who see it and they just want to know the basis of how to get started. So we're going to cover some of those questions. You want to add anything about that? Yeah, no, the, the thing you said about Trump, and I, I noticed this after the election too, uh, was the, the, for him, he, he built up an audience. He knew every time he got on TV, his people were going to be watching. Like they were waiting with bated breath to see what it was that he had to say. So his audience that he built is what follows him everywhere to all of his rallies, anywhere he shows up, his people are following him because he built an audience. And that's the exact same strategy you want to do as a business owner today on social. You want to build an audience of people, whereas every time they see their, see your stuff, they're like, Oh, let me listen to what he has to say. He's going to be saying something that's interesting. And then that audience will just follow you from place to place. Even if Facebook died five years from now, you are still going to have that audience with you no matter what. And that's really what you're building right now in 2019. You're trying to find that tribe of people that's going to follow you no matter what. And it's going to believe in what it is that you're saying. So, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's spot on right there. So, so, let, so let's go through the first question. Right? The first question is, what are all the properties available to people when they're marketing online, right? The, the ones that are important, right? So if you're saying, here, here, not, not where to start, but first, here's a complete online marketing strategy. What all things do you, you need to have um, to be online and market your business? Or, or do you have access to, to market your business online? Yeah, so I think for, for this, the possibilities, <clears throat> excuse me, really are endless. So, um, you know, obviously with social, you got Facebook, Instagram, all the other social, you know, uh, networks, uh, you need to have a website of some sort, even if it's just a one page website, you want to have that. Um, you want to have a podcast. Um, you want to be set up on YouTube as well, because YouTube is the second largest search engine behind Google and obviously Google owns YouTube. So anytime somebody wants to know how to do something, I was just on YouTube the other day, how, how do you do this? And I was looking for a video because somebody out there has produced that, right? So if you can be where essentially everyone is online, that's, the ideal place, you know, where, you know, where you want to get started and you, you want to get started with, with the biggest ones and then kind of work your way uh, down. But I would say the most important thing is knowing 
where where is your ideal client? Like, where, what platform do they live on? If your ideal client isn't on Facebook, then don't get on there just for the sake of saying, hey, I'm on Facebook. You want to go where the money is, essentially. So once you determine where your audience is, that's really where you want to plant your flag, and then you want to put out little tentacles uh, in all these other different places using podcasts, videos, and all the other networks, too. Yep, yep. And, and I'll kind of narrow in on that one. I think, and uh, you let me know if you agree, I think the essential uh, of what every business uh, needs, and then we'll talk about where to get started, is I think every business has to have one, a website, like we said, even, even one page. I think you gotta have an email list, right? Uh, an email list basically is like a CRM that captures email, address, phone number, um, and then it gives you the ability to send out emails to a large audience so you don't have to do CC all, right, in your, in your Gmail account or whatever you use. Um, because those are gonna be, the, the website and the email list are gonna be things that you own that can't change who see your stuff versus the algorithm. I've recently added to that essential list, in my opinion, a podcast, because once you get somebody to subscribe to your podcast, it goes directly to their phone, right? And, and, and the difference uh, is the person that may not give you the email for whatever reason, will may subscribe to your podcast if you have genuinely uh, really good information, right? And I know uh, for me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm quicker to forward podcasts, you know, or YouTube channel uh, video than I am to forward an email, although I still forward emails. Um, but I think the website, email list, and podcast, in my opinion, are kind of the essential core before you even start on your social media strategy, right? Because one thing that we uh, have both talked about is, so, you know, social media to me is the same thing as a networking event at the chamber or a um, uh, uh, gala, you know I'm saying, or meeting somebody at the bookstore, right? It's a room that I'm going into to bring folks in to my world, right? My world being my email list, my website, my podcast. That, that's what I'm on there to do uh, and to get as much audience as I can off there on my stuff as fast as possible, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's essentially it because you're, you know, if you think about all these other platforms, you don't own Facebook, you don't own Google. The terms of service change all the time. Anything can happen and they can kick you off. So if you can get people onto your digital assets, so like your podcast, you know, essentially you, you own it. You know, you can own that. You own your website, you own your email list. Um, if you can get somebody to opt in to either one of those channels, then at that point you have some type of connection with them in some way that you can send a communication out uh, to them that does not involve these other third party uh, platforms uh, that could go away uh, at some point in time. So this is, you know, your, your, your website, your email list is kind of like your, your digital homestead, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a house. Yep, yep. And we kind of um, set up where to start, but, but really, we're, What's the first step somebody should do before they start their marketing strategy? Whether you know whether before they even start setting up the website, email list, podcast, which is before they go on social, right? What's the first place they should do? They should start. Um, to me, what I would say the first thing is you, you need to have a plan, right? So 
to kind of bring it back to a financial perspective, um, I would imagine you meet with a client, the client has goals. I'm like, hey, you know, I want to retire with a million dollars. Okay, I can say that all day long, but I got to have a plan. Like, if I don't know the plan, then I'm relying upon you to put together a plan and say, hey, Chris, if, if we do these things, there's a good chance you're going to hit this goal that you're looking for. So the very first thing that you want to do is you, you have to have some type of plan. You want to know, uh, you know, start with the end in mind. You know, if you start with the end in mind and work your way backwards, you can figure out the different milestones and the things that you need to do uh, in order to achieve that. But if you just start doing these random things, you know, even if you just talk about like from a financial perspective, you know, maybe you buy a stock over here, uh, you got a little IRA here, a little 401k right there, like you got money in all these little different places. But if you don't have any, if you don't know the strategy behind why these different accounts work the way that they do and, and how to best utilize them, you're spreading yourself thin and you're ultimately not, you know, really not getting anywhere. So uh, first thing is get a plan. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it. And, and, and a plan includes who your target market is, how you're gonna reach them. Yes, so I would say the three things that you absolutely must know or must do, and this is regardless of what type of marketing that you're doing, is you really need to really understand who your ideal client is, what message is going to resonate with them, and then what irresistible offer that you can make, right? That really is the thing that drives any type of marketing. You figure if you go into, uh, you know, you can take anything. You go into a store, right? There's a brand new TV or whatever or something, right? Best Buy, they market to people who like TVs and gadgets. So they know that that's who their ideal client is. They're not going to market to somebody who's living off the grid. That's, <laughs> that's not them. So they know that. They know, too, a message that's going to resonate with them is, hey, I got this TV that's 50% uh, off, right? <laughs> so that's a message that somebody hears that, and they're like, oh, this TV is 50% off, you know, that's going to pique their interest. And that kind of essentially rolls into what the offer is as well. So if you can figure out what your ideal clients want and ultimately, you know, what they need as well, those will be the three things that you, you absolutely must do. And once you figure those three things out, everything else becomes a lot, a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And um, so we answered one of the other, we have some questions that we got in advance, but uh, do I need a podcast? Yes. What are the steps for setting up podcasts? Right. And, and, and maybe I'll start on that. I'll start on that one. Um, but, a, but a podcast, you, you're basically going to start by do, doing your marketing plan. So, so, so figuring out who, who the podcast is for. Right. Um, and then that's when you do your marketing plan, part of that plan is going to be thinking of different things they want when you create, you know, I include also in that irresistible offer, you know, it's going to give you ideas on different content strategy, right? Meaning these are the topics that people in my market want. This is what they want to learn about. That gives you different episodes um, uh, that you're going to do. You also want to decide, am I going to interview people uh, or am I going to just deliver content or a combination of the two, right? And then and, and, and my recommendation when you're doing that is, Experiment with all of them, in, in, in my opinion, because there's goods for both. Um, when you're interviewing people, that relieves you from having to produce content on your own if it's in a topic that's relevant. But it also 
shares your audience with them, so you're giving, right? And then it's, they're gonna bring their audience to you, so it's a good way to organically grow your podcast over time. Um, um, and so in your plan, you're figuring all that out. Then once you figure that out, the next step is create the logo, which isn't overly difficult. You can pay people, freelancers, uh, to create the logo. Find a hosting platform. Um, I personally use Podbean. Um, you probably know some other good ones. Um, but find somewhere like, it's like kind of when somebody hosts your website, they can host your podcast. So find a hosting platform for that. And then once you get the hosting platform, Podbean, at least I can speak on Podbean, they allow you to easily get your podcast on Google Music and iTunes and Spotify by doing something called sharing your RSS feed. Don't worry about that now. You can Google it, um, but you can just share your RSS feed. It'll send the information from, from your hosting site to those websites uh, to get it on there. And then you're up and running. You, you, you have a podcast. Now you got to just produce it, right? Yeah, no, I think you, you know, I'll be the podcast because you the, you the, you the podcast king. So, uh, I have to, I have to lean on your expertise when it comes to, uh, when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and then one other thing that I'll, I'll kind of add that, that, that you can ask something too is the other question is, you know, how do I grow my podcast? Right. The, you know, one way is have guests, right. But the, the other way to grow a podcast is to Facebook ads. Right. I mean, doesn't Facebook have some things in there where you can target podcast listeners that like specific topics and different targets, right? And then it has an option for you to even like click a link to download, download the pod. You can do so much on Facebook, man. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, easily find an audience to, to again, to get your podcast in front of. So whether your current audience is listening to some other person that's bigger than you or maybe someone that kind of, that kind of aligns with what it is that you're doing, um, you can definitely uh, target your podcast to them as well. Um, so Facebook is really just another channel to kind of amplify your content. But I would probably say the biggest thing about growing a podcast audience or any audience for that matter is really consistency, right? You know, you take a look at what you're doing. You do podcast episodes regularly. So once you get people hooked, the worst thing you can do is stop putting out that content because people are going to be looking for it. And as long as you stay consistent, you know, they're going to stay longtime listeners. They're going to refer more people and say, hey, you know, I've been listening to this podcast or whatever. I mean, even my wife listens to podcasts. I thought my wife would never, ever <laughs> listen to podcasts because it doesn't seem like something that she would be interested in. But now she listens to, you know, even more podcasts. So she listen to mom. Uh, no, she's not. She's not. My wife listens to my wife likes the young adult uh, stuff, whatever. But at, at any rate, being being consistent would be the would be the other thing I would say about growing the audience too. All right, this this next question is definitely right up your alley. Uh, how do you get qualified leads? Like you, y'all, he's really good at that. How do you get qualified leads, off? Yeah, so that's a, that is a great question. It is probably the one question I get the most <laughs> whenever I'm talking to somebody new. And, you know, for me, what I recommend is it's really going to come down to your message, right? So if you go back to what I talked about, for, talked about before, we understand who your ideal client, what message is going to resonate with them. That's really how you're qualifying people with your messaging. 
right? So if your messaging is just like Walmart, their whole thing is nobody's gonna beat, beat my price, right? So Walmart has to be the absolute cheapest in order to win. If I open up a new store today and my prices are only second cheapest to Walmart, I can't come out and be like, oh, I got the second cheapest prices to Walmart. <laughs> the people are gonna be like, well, what am I gonna come to you for? You know, Walmart got the cheapest price. So I either gotta be the cheapest or I gotta be the most expensive. So if you want qualified leads, and by qualified, most times what people mean is people who got money, then you need to talk about the people who have money. What do the people who have money need? What do they want? What problems do they have? What problems do you solve for them? And you want to constantly call those people out. So if you only work with six-figure businesses, everything you say, for I won't say everything, but nearly your messages should all have something to do with, hey, I work with six-figure businesses and whatever, blah, blah, blah. So when somebody who isn't making six figures hears that, they're like, oh, well, that's not me. You know, they may aspire to get there, but that's how you start to, to qualify people is by telling people who it is that you want to work with ultimately. Um, and that's going to do all the qualifying for you. All right. And so let's dig a little deeper on that too. So, so um, and, and, and you kind of said it, earlier so you find out who you qualified you, you give them some information um uh, that they want right mm -hmm. so so explain like go deeper into like lead back right because that's because once you qualify them and know who you want um this person might have been i mean or maybe they weren't asking that but go deep into lead magnet and how you create that and how it literally pulls them into your system yeah so for those who might not know what us marketers call a lead magnet, some people may refer to it as a white paper or something, especially if you're in corporate, like they always refer to them as white papers. But essentially, it's just a piece of content that you are offering someone in exchange for some contact information, right? So like we talked about earlier, how you wanna be able to get an email address, a phone number, something that you can own. So you're saying, hey, you have this problem, um, I have this piece of content that talks about this problem and maybe how you can, you know, start to alleviate this pain or fix it or whatever. And I'm willing to give it to you in exchange for you giving me your name and your email address, right? So there's some reciprocity there. You're not just saying, hey, you know, give me your information. And I'm not giving you something in return. You're offering this person something that's going to address whatever this pain point is. And it's very important that you give them something um, that is uh, of use and actionable because it's going to be a reflection on you, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you put some good content out there and you're like, oh man, this was some, this was some really good information, psychologically, you're going to be thinking, well, what else does this person have that I can tap into that can further whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, right? So even like from a, a as a financial advisor, right? So if you got, uh, if you have like five strategies that a beginner investor should, should start out with, right? So I get that information and I'm like, okay, I didn't know about that. And then now I'm thinking, well, since you've already planted that seed, my idea is to go back to you to get more content. So this is how you start that relationship uh, with individuals so that you can get them into your funnel and just keep nudging them closer and closer and closer to you until you get to a point to where they're like, hey, I want to work with you. Yeah, and, 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 that, and that's why earlier when I mentioned, y'all, think that the, the, the marketing plan where 
um, you're figuring out the, um, uh, what'd you call it? The, uh, the irresistible offer. Mm -hmm. You know, think of your content like that because even before Chris started doing lead magnets for me where we were getting leads for real cheap, uh, not that much money. Um, you know, I've been, you know, I started with a blog, right? Then an email list, right? Then the videos, then a podcast. But when I was, when I wasn't even doing videos, I was just doing emails, uh, but I still had that, that um, uh, focusing on what the people wanted. Uh, I had, it was one person who I was writing emails um, and she's on my email list for like six months. And then uh, I didn't even know she was reading, but out of the blue, she emailed me and, and said, hey, you know, I have about $700,000 um, that I want to invest. And I've just, you know, I love to talk to you about it. So we got on the phone and I was like, I was like, hey, you know, what made you reach out to me? Which I've been, I've been reading your emails for six months and I thought, I mean, if he's writing this stuff for free, you know, I bet it's like 10 times better talking to you and working with you, you know, working with you in person. And it was, you know, it was crazy, you know, um, how that worked out. Yeah, and that, that's really it, you know. So for a lot of people, you may, some people may think, well, I don't want to give out you know, my, my best, my best material. And you, and you don't have to do that. Um, some people will say, you know, the best way to get clients or get a new client is to demonstrate that you can actually help them. Right. So, uh, I don't see a problem with helping people and you don't have to give away your best stuff, but you do want to, uh, put out quality content because if you're putting out stuff that's, you know, not good, you're not going to, you're not going to draw anybody to you, you know, so the same person who was reading your emails for six months, if you were putting out crappy emails, she would have never, you know, she would have never come along. You can't have that mindset of, oh, I'm going to keep all my best stuff locked up for when somebody pays me um, because it just doesn't, you know, just doesn't, just doesn't work that way. And, and, but, but, I, but I will say on that, we'll sell this for me. I think, I think this is important. I will also say though, um, it's my opinion that you actually do give out the best content, right? Uh, because here's why, and, and, and I'm going to go from an investment standpoint, you know, when you're an investor, you're, you're more looking for long-term trends in industry, right? So the long-term trend would be, uh, one investment trend is, uh, people right now value time over everything, right? So if you're finding a company that's helping people save time, right, that's a good trend or another trend, right? And that, that might lead you to looking at companies like, um, you know, Uber or whatever, but the valuation is high. So I don't know if I would even look at that IPO. Um, but another trend might be the middle class is getting poorer and poorer for the current moment. And so you think of companies like Dollar General, Ulta, who are selling uh, to middle class and doing it at a very good discount, right? And you don't want to fight the trend. If you ever heard the investment term, don't fight the trend. Like, don't fight the trend, right? So the trend of the internet is information wants to be free right? People who want to block and put a wall over information, i.e. newspapers, um, they're losing, they're losing. And so you don't, you don't want to fight that trend. You want to, in my opinion, you want to give up your best ideas because here's what people will always pay for. They're always going to pay for access. Like, no, like you can buy Beyonce's album and hear her music. People still play, pay three, four, five hundred dollar, you know, minimums, you know, to go see her perform. People are going to pay for access. Um, second thing is people will still pay for to, of the trend to save them time. Right. So, so, so in my example, I can run Facebook ads and I could have continued to Google 
to figure out how to put, you know, I put together funnels for emails and everything and I learned through Google, but it was just way better for me to just pay Chris um, because A, he's 10 times better at it than me, but it wasn't that I couldn't do it. Um, it was just, I needed to free up my time. So people always pay to free up time. They, they, they want to know if you give them to get content, does this guy or girl know what they're talking about? So you can walk them through there with your content, uh, which is, which is a, a scalable version of you and I sitting down over coffee a couple of times and you explaining it, you know, content allows you to explain it over time. So they know, right. And then third um, thing is people will pay for packaging of information, right? So I've put out for three years, hundreds and hundreds, probably, you know, I don't even want to say, you know, thousands, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was over a thousand pieces of content over the last three or four years of my blog email, but it's all scattered, right? People really want is, Philip, I know you, you know, I get to ask the same question all the time and things that I've already done, right? Because they don't want to, they don't want to put it all together and I get it, right? And part of the reason why I do it is I just want to bring them close to me to say, Philip knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Let me get the benefit of this wisdom in an organized way by paying them. So don't be afraid to give out your best content because arguably, in my opinion, the best content is what brings in uh, the most people, right? I think somebody gave their best idea, that's going to cost smaller lead costs than some non good idea. I don't know. Yeah. Two cents. No, it, 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 I definitely uh, agree with that too. And I'll probably say the last thing before we move on to the, uh, um, the next question is, uh, you know, with the internet, all of the information for the most part that people are looking for is out there. Right. I mean, ultimately people are lazy. <laughs> I mean, really, it, even for me, if it's not on the first page of Google, I don't even go to the second page because I just automatically assume if I didn't see it on page one, that it's probably not out there. Now, I can guarantee you the answer is probably buried deep somewhere on some website, but, you know, the guy, for whatever reason, it, ain't, it isn't ranking on Google, but ultimately people are lazy. And if you can become the source of this information because it's really right, you know, right message at the right time, right? You scrolling Facebook because Facebook is really, you know, uh, interruption marketing. You're scrolling out your Facebook feed and you, you see something that you were looking for. Now that person has become, you know, it's the right time with the right message. And then now you opt in or you buy something or whatever. So, you know, giving away your best content, or some really good content or whatever at the right time can yield you some great results. So right, you're right. Um, how do I grow my followers? That was a question we got. Yeah. So I think for well, I'll, I'll kind of let you answer that that question because I, I think you're 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 really great at that. I'm not uh, uh, I'm, I'm not the king of, of followers, but you've definitely built a following with your with your podcast. And, 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 that, and, that, and that was kind of, so I'll start with the mindset, right? So I, I don't have a specific strategy on growing followers per se, um, because in this topic, I'm talking more to business people who want to sell goods and services, not people who want to build their followers to become influencers, which I still don't think that's super important, but it's more important if you want to be an influencer for advertising. It's less important if you're building an actual business um, and you're looking to sell products and services because what's, what's more important, in my opinion, is getting your message out there as consistent as possible on as many platforms as possible, right? And, and sure, yeah, I mean, I have 
followers that are building, but I would much rather have a small amount of followers that are interested in what I do and love what I do and are like true fans than a big shallow following. Because there's ways to get shallow followers and I don't really want that and that's a waste of time. I want to sell stuff, right? And I think you can sell stuff with a smaller following um, um, and, and have a better use of your time, you know, and money. And the other reason why I don't think it's overly important to do the following, going back to what we started off with, it's so cheap to get in front of people. I mean, it's so cheap to get in front of people on Facebook. You can have zero followers on your Facebook page and make stupid amounts of money running Facebook ads. You know what I'm saying? Getting people on your email list and your podcast uh, and, you know, direct selling them over time um, just through the cheapness of Facebook, Instagram ads on your feed and your stories and affiliate sites. So um, uh, the basic answer to the question is, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, there's lots of strategies to grow your followers. That's not what's important. What's most important is what we talked about, getting the marketing plan right, putting out relevant content, and the people that are interested in buying your services will come through your funnel over time, and you'll sell stuff, which is what I really care about. Yeah, and I would probably, the only other thing I would probably add to that is, uh, I think there's a book that's called, you know, 100 Raven Fans or 1,000 Raven Fans or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah so, I mean, essentially what the whole gist of this thing is, if you can find that core group of people who are just crazy about you, that core group of people will buy more from you, they will refer more business to you, and you know, a, a big part of that is, you know, the consistency that we talked about before. And then uh, also, I believe in this day and age of social media, people crave, uh, people crave authenticity, like they just really want you to just be a real human being and know that they can relate to you. And if you can do that, you, you'll be a more of a following of people who, uh, who will see you as being authentic to kind of go back to the whole Trump thing you know what all his supporters say is he tells it like it is <laughs> so if you just tell it like it is the people you're going to repel the people that you don't want as clients and customers and then the people that you do want you're going to attract them and they're going to stick around a whole lot longer yeah yeah um how do well, where, where do i find the money so so you know this is tip this is probably for somebody who's been convinced that they need to do Facebook ads, right? And so where do they find the money to run Facebook and Instagram ads? Man, that's a, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, to me, I think this is more of a mindset thing versus like, where do I like, find the actual money, right? <laughs> so if we go back to the, the analogy we gave in the beginning about investing, really, if the best investment you can make right now, especially if you're a business owner, is in your actual business itself, in the actual marketing, right? So there, you can set up a campaign where you can get a 5X, 10X return on your ad spend. And I don't know too many places <laughs> where you can go and invest a dollar and get five or ten dollars out 30 days later on a consistent basis right you know um investing in your business should be priority number one and the best way to do that is by using advertising so you want to say where can i find the money it's you need to make that switch up here and say hey i'm going to invest in 
things that are going to uh, produce a client for me on a consistent basis. And those activities that don't directly lead to a sale of some sort, you may want to figure out, well, how can I, um, you know, readjust or move monies around uh, in order to invest in marketing? And it, it doesn't have to be on social, but it needs to be in something that you know that you're going to get a return on. And I think your business is probably the best place to put that money right now. Yeah, I think it needs to be on social. And I also think um, uh, as a, on the financial planning side, um, and I, you know, I have hard conversations with my clients a lot. You know, a lot of them will want to grow their business um, and they need to find more money. So we look and say, hey, what can you cut out? You know, let's, let's start cutting some of the other fat out of the budget. But then we also go to the business budget. People have a lot of fat in their business budget. So cut that. Right. Another good area to look is a lot of people are spending money in the, you know, on the billboards and stuff that don't get as much. I mean, like I said, they work but we can carve some money out of that and put it towards a better long-term investment from a marketing standpoint in your business. And this is kind of crazy, right? I, I had a client where they were um, husband and wife, both in business, and they were still, you know, under three years, I think the husband under three years in business, the wife was just getting in business and they were running low on money. And I was like, hey, look, one thing I do know is real estate prices are expensive right now. So why don't you just sell your house uh, take that equity and invest it in your business, right? You buy yourself some time and then you got some money to actually make some money. You know, they, I'm their financial plan. I knew the situation. We all talked. So they ended up doing it. Um, and it, and it freed up money. So it's also like, like you said, mindset, how, how important is it to you to grow your business? Cause you're, if you're not going to find the money to invest in your business, you may not probably not going to be in business, um, years from now. So, so you got to find it. Right. Um, that's, that's my answer. Yeah. Um, how do I get sales fast, right? You mind if I start on this one? Yeah, no, go ahead. That, that question to me is a lot like people saying, how do, I, how do I make an investment? How do I day trade stocks, right? How do I make fast money? And, and fast money is not the best money to make in investing, nor in marketing, right? Because um, it's less reliable, um, less sticky if you do make it. Um, I like more of the long-term um, investments, but also on the marketing, right? Cause let me, let me give you my mindset, which not everybody agrees in investing, right? Whenever I'm investing dollars into marketing and building up what I call my digital media company, I'm, I'm more saying, hey, in five years, in five years, I wanna be in a position to where I do not have to advertise on any other platform if I don't want to, right? Uh, if I want to, because it's, ridiculously cheap and I can keep building my platform, I will. But in five years, I want to have tons of email addresses, tons of people uh, subscribing to my podcast, a lot of folks on my YouTube channel when I set it up, on my Facebook page that are really deep fans following it, lots of contact information. And what's lots, right? It's where the numbers are consistently giving me the sales I need to grow my business at the level I need to, to grow it at, right? And, and, and that's five years from now so it can save me on marketing dollars. I'll always spend on marketing, but the less I have to spend on this property, um, the more profits my company makes. So I'm more looking on a five year time frame. So then I'm going, where can I go and bring those people into my sales cycle, the cheapest, which is social media right now. I don't need, to, I'm, I'm still doing everything I was doing before to sell them, to make my sales for this year. 
right? But I don't, I don't need to make fast sales on social media. Um, and I think that's the worst uh, strategy for social media, just my two cents. Yeah, I think, you know, for this, it really kind of depends upon the business too, right? So um, I know for you, a lot of your clients, I believe are service professionals. Um, so, you know, doctors, lawyers, people, you know, with school, whatever. Um, unless you're doing e-com, you know, so you're doing e-commerce, you're not waiting six months for somebody to, to buy your widget, you know, or whatever, right? You know, your thing is, hey, here's my widget, buy my widget today. So uh, unless you're in the e-commerce business, you really should have a more long-term view um, when it comes to your sales process, right? So, you know, you're going to have some people uh, who I like to call problem aware. So somebody has a problem, they know they have a problem, they're looking for a solution. Those people, you're going to sell faster because, you know, they're in pain, right? They're, they're, they're looking for a solution. So that sales cycle for them is going to be a lot less, but there's a lot fewer the right way my wife will kill me there's fewer people who are in pain my wife the english teacher so. there are fewer people who are in pain right now than people overall who are likely going to be in pain maybe 90 180 days 365 days away so if you take the long-term approach and you start building that audience up of people who aren't necessarily in pain right now but you start to illuminate things that they may come, uh, you know, problems that may come up later on down the road, then now you're building this huge audience, again, a pipeline of people that when that pain hits, the first thing they're going to think of is, oh, man, Philip talked about that already. Let me go back and find that podcast episode. Let me go back and look and see if I can find that email where you talked about this thing. And then you're going to be the go-to person for that individual. So, you know, you can do some things that will get you some short-term success, but that's not where all of the money is. All of the money is in the long-term uh, investing, which is, you know, long-term marketing. Yep, yep. It's kind of like related to like college, right? You know, there were people that you wanted to go on a date with that night for some short-term fun, <laughs> you know, but the person you ended up spending your life with that probably was a longer term uh, process, you know, not focused so much on, on, on short term fun. Same thing with building a healthy business, right? Uh, you don't build a healthy relationship with a bunch of short term actions. Uh, but, but, but I will also say, don't, 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 uh, I hope nobody's misinterpreted what I said. Like, I, I looked at my numbers for last year uh, and I could attribute 40%, 40, like 40, 40 of my clients coming from, uh, content marketing that I had done within 12 months of, uh, of getting those clients, right? About half of them were directly from the content, but the other half were referrals from people that consume my content, right? So it's not like, I'm not saying you got to wait five years, but what I'm saying is have a long-term strategy and the math will play out the way it plays out if you build the plan appropriately and have, understand your messaging, understand your irresistible offer, have your client target market in place uh, correctly. Um, yeah. Um, last question. How do I get current customers to buy more from me? Yeah. So for me, I would say the way you can get, you know, your current clients to buy more, current customers to buy more 
is you can make more offers and give people a reason to, you know, to come back and, and, and actually, you know, buy. Now, for some businesses, um, you know, you may not have kind of what we call an offer ladder or um, an ascension plan. Um, some businesses have those things, you know, some of them don't. You may just have only one service that, you know, that you offer. Uh, but even if that's the case, um, it's really, it really, it really does kind of boil down to making more offers. Um, you know, the more offers you make, uh, the more, the more money you make. I was just listening to, uh, I was listening to, uh, uh, it was a video. Well, actually it was something I bought off Facebook. <laughs> just the other day, uh, this guy, now I knew this guy already. Uh, I kind of seen some of his content. So he had a little offer for this thing about a money map and it was like seven bucks. I was like, oh, that's $7. I'm, I'm curious to see what's in this thing. Um, but anyway, so I buy the thing, I look at the video and he talked about, uh, his whole thing is how you can uh, use this money map to make more money. But he told the story about this gym he owned and, you know, he was looking for ways to bring in more cash. And he knew that he was getting a certain amount of money every month, but he was stuck trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to find this more, you know, this extra money. So he realized something, you know, clicked with him. And he realized, well, why not just, why not just make more offers? Why not I ask people, hey, are you interested in this? Or are you interested in that? Or whatever the case may be. And he essentially what he did, he, he went on to do that. He found customers who had already paid for something, but they were interested in other things. And he just needed to ask. Sometimes <laughs> it's just as simple as just asking for the money. Uh, and I'm guilty of that too. I, like, I don't always ask for the money. Uh, I'm pretty sure Philip don't have a problem with asking for the money, but uh, <laughs> but uh, sometimes we can, you know, we kind of think, okay, we got a client, they came and bought, you know, maybe there isn't anything else that I can sell them or whatever. And not that you're just selling just for the sake of trying to sell them, you're really a provider of awesome service. But um, yeah, just just ask, like, hey, is there anything else I can help you with? Just like when you get to McDonald's, you place your order, it's like, is there anything else? You just go out and ask your clients, hey, is there anything else I can help you with? And you can get some more, uh, get some more money. Hey, but before, before I, uh, before I, I, I answer on my end, no, that was Ryan Tice, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, this guy was Jesse Elder. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I just, for, uh, uh, Brian Dice has a similar product that he's selling for like seven bucks. Okay. You know, with, with, with a similar store, I'm like, hmm. Uh, but no, so, and, and I'll use this to kind of bring this point home that we hadn't talked about. And it's one thing that I do. You know, social media marketing is not meant to, uh, you know, if, again, if you're a service-based business, um, and, and I even think it's some product-based businesses to, to be digital only, right? I don't, I don't think it's to have a virtual relationship all the time. I use it to bring them to an in-person relationship. And then once they're in person, I'm also doing my touches digitally, but also in person, right? So I'm, I'm continuing to educate them digitally, but I'm literally picking up the phone and calling my clients every other month, right? Or we're messaging on email or text message, right? And continue to build that relationship. And, and probably once a week, you know, I'll get a client that, Oh, Philip, you know, I didn't tell you about this account, you know, but, but here's another hundred thousand dollars, right? Or Philip, <laughs> you know, I want to add another 500 bucks a month uh, to my deal. But what it really was is nobody, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who off the bat gave me their entire portfolio that had any significant, you know, money. Um, but it's just, they got to continue to be able to trust you. Right. And some of that comes digitally, but a lot of it, 
And for me, it, no matter what business I ran, I would either myself or have my employees push to have one-on-one -on -one personal conversations uh, with clients because that builds lots of trust because they'll, they'll buy with more trust, basically what I'm getting to. The more trust they have in you, uh, the more they buy. And so ease, once you have them, it's not difficult to build that person-to-person -person trust. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's definitely it. Like I say, it's, it's, it's easier to get an existing customer to buy more than it is to find new people to buy from you uh, the first time. So, yeah, have, having that relationship is key, especially with social media, because, again, pe people want authenticity. People want to know that you're real. And if you can reach out to them and have a real conversation, have a real relationship, and, you know, if your company is all about uh, having that relationship with people, um, you, you're going to build that loyal following, and like I say, people they're, they're going to be looking. They're going to be looking for, looking for ways to give you money. Mm -hmm. So, so what Chris and I are also going to do, right? And those who are listening to the podcast, because we're video recording this too, but for those who are listening to the podcast, um, if you listen later after we do it, you might miss it. But, but uh, we both get lots of questions. You know, I ask him questions all the time. We pass ideas back and forth as well. And so we're going to do, um, let me get my dates right, on Friday, the, the 20, nice. 29th of March, 8.30 in the morning at the Fairfield Inn Marriott in Cedar Hill. Fairfield Inn, Dallas Cedar Hill Marriott uh, is the correct title. Um, but just Google Fairfield in Marriott, Cedar Hill. It'll pull up at 8.30 in the morning on a Friday um, from 8.30 to 10. We're going to do a uh, seminar on, you know, how to basically uh, turn your business into a local media company, right? And the, and the theme behind that, turning your business into a local media company, is um, uh, I, is my belief that and I'll just give you the idea of what I'm doing in my business, right? Stonehill Wealth Management is basically, I'm trying to build the CNBC, Wall Street Journal, right? Black Enterprise Magazine, all in one. I'm not just for uh, black people, y'all, but, but the point is the content that I'm doing is just when I'm thinking about who I'm trying to be, I'm thinking of all those different sites and saying, I want to be that content for my little small people who follow me, right? They don't need to go anywhere else because I'm giving them that content. They can go there, but I want to deliver that content and I want to be a media company so that it builds my funnel to get them to become a client over time. And I think every business ought to be thinking that way because distribution, i.e. the internet, is free, right? It used to cost a lot to pay. For me to pay CNBC to go, you know, have my show with them is stupidly ridiculous or to buy a column on Forbes or to buy a column on Wall Street Journal. I can create my own column, right? I can be in iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Podbean. In, uh, you watch my video on Facebook, YouTube, like for free. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't cost anything. And so I think every business ought to become um, a media company. That's why we're calling it how to turn your business into a local media company. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, if you come out to the event, um, you know, what you can get to do is get to pick Phil's brain, get to pick my brain, uh, get your questions answered, and uh, also get some, you know, some helpful information on how you can start this process of building your media company. Or if you're already in the process of doing it, 
maybe find some ways that you can um, either speed that up or uh, create a better plan to to help get to that end goal um, a lot quicker. So, um, you know, if you're if you're here in the local area, Cedar Hill, Duncanville, DeSoto, uh, doesn't matter really. If you want to drive down here, I think it's it's it's, it's going to be a a great event for you to show up to and invest uh, an hour and a half of time, but also uh, invest that into your business itself and, and get that five or 10x return that I was talking about before. And best of all, uh, it's free. And for those who register, we're gonna send those who register a, uh, an email with a PDF copy of a sample marketing plan. We've talked a lot about marketing plans in this episode. I'm gonna literally send you the copy of my two page marketing plan that I follow. It's not super long. My marketing plan is literally two pages, bullet pointed out. You can get an idea of the bullet points you need for your business. I interchange it as I'm moving through things. I'm always testing, right? But we'll give you a copy of that for everybody who register, who registers for it. But it'll be up before the end of spring break uh, and ready. Um, and thanks for coming on again, Chris. We're, 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 what Chris and I are going to do, y'all, is we're going to do this many more times throughout the year together um, because um, he is extremely strong um, and where I'm not. And I'm really, he's, he's strong in everywhere in marketing and I'm really, really good in branding. I, I got my little thing. I'm really, really good at branding and creating content. And Chris is better at everything else. Like every question I have on everything else, I don't, I don't need YouTube anymore. I just, hey, Chris, can you do this? <laughs> <laughs> so.